End of the session. Was the trainee instructor encouraged to reflect on their own performance? At the end of the session, the audit trainer should be encouraging the PDI ADI to reflect on their performance and discuss their feelings. The audit trainer should encourage honest self-appraisal and use client-centered techniques to highlight areas that need development if the PDI ADI has not recognized them. Once development areas have been identified, the PDI ADI should be encouraged to make them part of future development. The PDI ADI workbook should be annotated by the audit trainer to document the discussions. Ideally, there should be a narrative outlining the good aspects and the areas in need of further development, which will assist in future training session planning. Review. In all situations, the audit trainer will maintain their awareness of what is going on around them, give reasonably clear and timely guidance on instruction and intervene in an appropriate and timely way to ensure that no safety critical incidents occur. Their training techniques must be safe. In the unlikely event of an audit trainer losing control of a training session, more likely if sat in the rear seat where a PDI is teaching an actual pupil, resulting in safety critical situations being allowed to occur. The ADI enforcement examiner should apply the same guidelines as that for a standards check or ADI part three examination. In these circumstances, the examiner would be entitled to stop the lesson and mark it as an immediate fail. The PDI workbook is an important document. The audit trainer should have a record themselves of their, all their PDI ADI's progress. This can be electronic or hard copy and must be stored safely to protect personal data. The PDI workbook documents and evidences the PDI's learning journey and their compliance with the National Driver Rider Trainer Standards. This must be assessed and be satisfactory for the audit inspection to be deemed as satisfactory. The logbook document evidence training in line with the National Driver Rider Trainer Standards and includes the following. The date of the training, the training theme, the length of the session, the PDI ADI's name, signatures of both the trainer and the trainee, and comments and reflections of the trainer and the trainee. Did the trainer maintain an appropriate non-discriminatory manner throughout the session? The audit trainer should maintain an atmosphere in which the PDI ADI feels comfortable to express their opinions. They should create an open, friendly environment for learning. Regardless of the PDI's ADI's age, gender, sexual orientation, ethnic background, religion, physical abilities or any other irrelevant factor. This implies active respect for all PDI ADI, their values and what constitutes appropriate behavior in their culture. The audit trainer must not display inappropriate attitudes or behavior towards other road users or industry professionals and should challenge their PDI ADI if they display these behaviors what indicates a lack of competence? An audit trainer invading somebody's physical space or allowing the PDI ADI to invade their pupil space. The audit trainer touching the PDI ADI or the PDI ADI making contact with their pupil unless it is necessary for safety reasons. The audit trainer not training the best practice. The audit trainer using somebody's first name unless they have said that this is acceptable as above if the PDI ADI is with a pupil. The audit trainer commenting on the PDI ADI's appearance or any other personal attribute unless it has a direct impact on their ability to provide a client-centered lesson such as wearing shoes that make it difficult for them to operate the vehicle's pedals in the case of emergency. What indicates all elements of the competence are in place? The audit trainer keeping a respectful distance and not invading the PDI ADI's personal space. 
the audit trainer asking the PDI ADI how they wish to be addressed. The audit trainer demonstrating how to ask a disabled driver to explain what the PDI ADI needs to know about their condition. The audit trainer demonstrating how to adopt an appropriate position in the car. The audit trainer using language about other road users and industry professionals that is not derogatory and that does not invite the PDI ADI to conclude with any discriminatory attitude. Was the trainee instructor encouraged to ask questions and were queries followed up and answered? The audit trainer should deal with direct questions or queries from the PDI ADI as soon as possible. The response may involve providing information or directing the PDI ADI to a suitable source. Remember that wherever possible, the PDI ADI should be encouraged to discover answers for themselves. However, if the audit trainer does not provide information, they must ensure that the PDI ADI completely understands the information given. This goes back to what was stated earlier about confirming understanding. The question may be linked to a particular method of client-centered instruction. For example, the PDI ADI may ask, how would you mind map the appropriate response to an emergency vehicle? At which point you would expect the audit trainer to demonstrate and at some point pass the responsibility to the PDI ADI to enable consolidation. PDI ADIs may not always have the confidence to ask direct questions. The audit trainer should be able to pick up comments or body language that indicates uncertainty or confusion and use certain suitable techniques to explore possible issues. They should create a learning environment within the vehicle that encourages questions to be asked. Indications that all the elements of the competence are in place could include the audit trainer responding openly and readily to queries. The audit trainer providing helpful answers or directing the pupil to suitable sources of information. The audit trainer actively checking with the pupils if their comments or body language suggest that they may have a question. And the audit trainer encouraging the pupil to explore possible solutions for themselves. Indications of a lack of competence include the audit trainer ignoring or refusing to respond to queries. The audit trainer providing inaccurate or incomplete information in response to queries. And the audit trainer avoiding the question or denying responsibility for answering it. Was the trainee instructor given timely and appropriate feedback and developed to deliver feedback. Feedback is an essential part of learning, but the process must be balanced. A PDI ADI needs to have a clear picture of how they are, go how they are doing against their personal training goals. Throughout the session, they should be encouraged when performing well and coached when a problem or learning opportunity occurs. However, a constant stream of words however technical, accurate, given by the audit trainer at an unsuitable time may be demotivating or actually dangerous. The audit trainer sitting quietly and saying nothing can also be very powerful form of feedback in some situations. The PDI ADI's ability to deliver feedback to the audit trainer during a role play is as important. In structural skill, and should be developed constantly during the training. The audit trainer should provide scenarios to facilitate this happening and controversially provide their feedback on how well or not so well the PDI did. Consolidation is the key. All feedback should be relevant, positive and honest. If it is not helpful, the PDI ADI or audit trainer is giving unrealistic feedback, which creates a false sense of ability. Where possible, feedback should not be negative. Rather than saying the PDI ADI as a weakness, consider expressing it as a learning opportunity.
However, if they need to be told something is wrong or dangerous, there is no point in waffling. The PDI-ADI should have a realistic sense of their own performance. So should the audit trainer. Role five of the National Driver and Rider Trainer Standards refers to constant reflection. All parties should be applying the standard in practice and be regularly referring to it. Feedback is a two-way street. The audit trainer should ideally prompt it with the PDI-ADI responding to the pupil's questions or comments. The PDI-ADI should understand that the pupil's feedback should never be overlooked or disregarded. What indicates a lack of competence? The audit trainer providing feedback a long time after the incident so that the PDI-ADI cannot link the feedback to what happened. The audit trainer providing feedback that overlooks a safety critical incident. The audit trainer continuously providing feedback when it is or may be distracting to the ADI PDI. The audit trainer failing to check the PDI ADI's understanding of the feedback. The audit trainer providing feedback that is irrelevant to the PDI ADI's learning objectives. For example, commenting on their personal appearance. The audit trainer refusing to hear reasonable feedback about their own performance. What indicates all the elements of the competence are in place? The audit trainer providing feedback in response to questions from the PDI ADI. The audit trainer seeking appropriate opportunity to provide feedback that reinforces understanding or confirms achievement of the learning objectives. The audit trainer providing feedback about failure to achieve learning objectives that helps the PDI achieve an understanding of what they need to do and improve. The audit trainer providing feedback that the PDI ADI can understand. The audit trainer providing consistent feedback that is reinforced by body language. Was the technical information given comprehensive, appropriate and accurate? As noted before, giving incorrect or insufficient information with the result that a safety critical incident might occur will result in an automatic fail. Remember that good information is accurate, relevant and timely. Failure to meet any one of those criteria makes the others redundant. Evidence of a lack of competence in the audit trainer's ability to train has an impact on one or more sub-competencies. Most sessions will require some technical input from the audit trainer to help the PDI ADI solve instructional problems or fill a gap in their instructional knowledge. This input must be accurate and appropriate. Information given must be comprehensive and linked to the National Driver Rider Trainer Standards. Simply telling the PDI ADI what they have done something wrong is unlikely to help them overcome the problem. Telling them that they have done something wrong and saying, please read role six, element 3.1 reference, create a climate that promotes learning that is far better. This can also be documented on the PDI ADI's workbook or CPD log. Indications that all the elements of the competence are in place could include the audit trainer giving clear, timely and technical, accurate demonstrations or explanations. The audit trainer checking understanding and if necessary, repeating the demonstration or explanation. The audit trainer finding a different way to demonstrate or explain if the PDI ADI still does not understand. Indications of a lack of competence include the audit trainer providing inaccurate or unclear information too late or too early in the learning process. The audit trainer failing to check understanding, which is so important. The audit trainer failing to explore alternative ways of presenting information where the pupil does not understand the first offering.
were opportunities used to develop the trainee instructor's skill in clarifying learning outcomes. While training in technique is core to the learning process, it is important to reinforce this input and link it with the theory. The best way to do this is to use real world situations during the training session. The use of practical examples and scenarios during a training session gives the PDI-ADI a better understanding of when, how and why to use a particular technique. This can be done, for example, by asking the PDI-ADI to think about why certain subject areas are so important and what is the best technique to develop their pupil's skill in these areas. The audit trainer may decide to demonstrate the use of a variety of client-centered tools, but may do so incorrectly or not encourage interaction to access the ability of the PDI-ADI. Opportunities to use the presence or behavior of other road users should be explored. What indicates a lack of competence? The audit trainer using examples the PDI ADI cannot really understand through lack of experience. The audit trainer using complex examples that the PDI ADI doesn't have the ability to respond to. The audit trainer failing to give the PDI ADI time to think through the issues and come to their own conclusion. The audit trainer imposing an interpretation without substance. What indicates all the elements of competence are in place? The audit trainer using examples identified on a training session in a suitable way and at a suitable time to confirm or reinforce understanding. The audit trainer exploring different ways to use examples to respond to different circumstances in preferred learning styles. The audit trainer using examples that are within the PDI ADI's range of experience and ability to understand. The audit trainer recognizing that some PDI ADI's will be able to respond instantly while others will want to think about the issue. Was the trainee instructor encouraged to analyse problems and take responsibility for their learning? A key part of the client-centred approach is development of active problem solving. This means that the audit trainer must provide time for this to happen and must stop talking for long enough for the PDI-ADI to do the work. The key thing to remember, however, is that different PDI-ADIs will respond to this invitation in different ways. The audit trainer may also decide to switch roles and provide an example as to how they would analyze and provide feedback. This could take several forms. Firstly, the analysis, what happened, why, what are the potential consequences? In addition, how could the situation have been dealt with differently? Indications that all the elements of competence are in place could include the audit trainer providing time in a suitable location to explore any problems or issues that arose during the session or that they raised by the PDI-ADI. When the audit trainer providing timely opportunities for analysis, prompting in the case of risk critical incidents, the audit trainer taking time and using suitable techniques to understand any problems the PDI-ADI had with understanding an issue. The audit trainer suggesting suitable strategies to help the PDI-ADI develop their understanding, such as using practical examples or pointing them at further reading. The audit trainer giving clear and accurate information to fill gaps in the PDI-ADI's knowledge or understanding. And the audit trainer leaving the PDI-ADI feeling that they had responsibility for their learning in the situations. Indications of lack of competence include leaving the PDI-ADI feeling that the audit trainer was in control of the teaching process, the audit trainer failing to explore alternative ways of addressing a problem in response to evidence of a different learning preferences, and the audit trainer providing unsuitable or incorrect inputs.
Was the training style suited to the learning style of the trainee instructor and their current ability? The audit trainer should take into account all they understand about the PDI-ADI. Ideally, they should review the PDI-ADI reflective log, personal record of achievement, or standards check assessment form. They should recognize that different PDI-ADIs will have different preferred approaches to learning, although these may only emerge fully under a number of sessions. Some PDI-ADIs may be very willing to learn actively, and others may want opportunities to reflect before they make the next step into their learning. The audit trainer should at least be able to give evidence of their sensitivity to these issues. In a one-off session, this should, will probably be best demonstrated by offering a range of options. The audit trainer should be able to adjust their approach if evidence emerges of a different preferred style. It is impossible to force learning on a PDI-ADI. Progress is always determined by what the PDI-ADI is comfortable with. The skill is recognising when the PDI-ADI has plateaued and stops learning. The pace of the session should be set by the PDI-ADI. On the other hand, a PDI-ADI should not be taught out of experimenting. If this is within safe bounds, the audit trainer should confirm learning has taken place by passing more responsibility to the PDI-ADI or breaking the sessions down to micro sessions. When coaching, the audit trainer should ensure that the tools used are suitable. If a question and answer technique is used, this should match the PDI-ADI's level of ability and encourage them to use a higher level of thinking to give a response. If the audit trainer is asking closed questions of the PDI-ADI, who is demonstrating a high level of ability, unless this is to check knowledge, it is of little use. Asking open questions to a PDI-ADI of limited ability who is finding it difficult to achieve the task they have set for themselves may be very confusing. These are not hard and fast rules. The efficientness of any question has to be addressed and given the circumstances at the time. This is why the audit trainer's performance reflection is key. What indicates lack of competence? The audit trainer adopting a teaching style clearly that at odds with the PDI-ADI's learning style the audit trainer failing to check with the PDI-ADI whether the approach they are taking is acceptable. The audit trainer failing to explore other ways of addressing a particular learning point. The audit trainer concentrating on delivering teaching tools rather than looking for learning outcomes. And the audit trainer ignoring safety issues missed by an ADI-PDI. What indicates all the elements of competence are in place? The audit trainer actively working to understand how they can best support the PDI-ADI's learning process. They might not achieve a full understanding in this session. It is the attempt that demonstrates the competence. The audit trainer modifying the training style when or if they realize there is a need to do so. The audit trainer providing accurate and technical correct demonstrations, instruction or information, giving technically incorrect instruction or information is an automatic fail if that input may lead to a safety critical situation. The audit trainer using practical ex examples and other similar tools to provide different ways of looking at a particular subject, my mapping, was it executed correctly? Who took the lead? The audit trainer linking learning into theory to learning in practice. The audit trainer encouraging and helping the PDI to take ownership of the learning process. The audit trainer responding to faults, not deal with the ADI PDI in a timely manner. 
the audit trainer providing enough interpreted time to practice new skills, the audit trainer providing the PDI ADI with clear guidance about how they might practice outside the training session. Trainers teaching and learning strategies. The important thing to remember when considering teaching and learning styles is that it is not just about coaching. It is about being client-centered learning. Good coaching will use the correct technique at the correct time matching the pupil's needs. In some cases, the audit trainer may need to give direct instruction through a particularly difficult situation. That instruction forms part of a coaching process if the audit trainer then encourages the PDI-ADI to analyze the problem and take responsibility for learning from it. A good audit trainer will take every opportunity to reinforce learning. The audit trainer needs to consider the learning style of the PDI-ADI and use the appropriate method. They may also use and develop other client-centered techniques, such as scaling, mind mapping, or spiral learning. Whatever the technique, it must suit the needs of the PDI-ADI and be technically correct. Was accurate feedback used to help the trainee instructor develop safe practices? In a safety critical or potentially critical incident does occur, it is vital that the PDI-ADI fully understands what happened and how they could be avoided or dealt with better. Ideally, the PDI-ADI should be supported to analyze the situation for themselves, however, it may be necessary for the audit trainer to provide feedback if, for example, the PDI-ADI simply did not see a problem, that feedback should be given as soon as it is practically after the incident and should consist of interactive discussion. What indicates lack of competence? The audit trainer failing to examine the incident the audit trainer taking too long to address issues generated by the incident, the audit trainer not allowing the PDI ADI to explore their own understanding, the audit trainer telling the PDI ADI what the solution is and not checking their understanding, the audit trainer failing to check the PDI ADI's ability to put into place the agreed teaching strategy not adjusting the training session to accommodate this need. What indicates all the elements of the competency are in place? The audit trainer encouraging the PDIA ADI to select a safe place to stop and self-analyze the critical incident, allowing the PDI ADI time to express any fears or concerns the incident may have caused. The audit trainer supporting the PDI-ADI to reflect clearly about what happened. The audit trainer providing input to clarify aspects of the incident that the PDI-ADI does not understand. The audit trainer to support the PDI-ADI to identify teaching strategies for future situations. The audit trainer to provide input where the PDI-ADI does not understand what they should do differently. And the audit trainer checking the PDI-ADI feels able to put in the teaching strategy into practice. The audit trainer agreeing ways of developing that competence if the PDI-ADI feels the need to. Did the trainer encourage the trainee instructor to use verbal or physical intervention appropriately. The overall approach should be client-centered. Remember that there is a fine balance between giving enough input and giving too much. The audit trainer should provide a bespoke training session on the use of verbal or physical action. However, the audit trainer may elect to test the PDI-ADI's ability to control a developing situation during any training session. 
When stationary, it would be expected that inputs and interventions would take the form of a dialogue with the ADI-PDI. In the moving car environment, an audit trainer remaining silent and signaling their confidence in the PDI-ADI through their body language is just as much a coaching input as asking a stream of questions. The audit trainer should ensure that the PDI-ADI understands when this may be appropriate. Clearly, the most important interventions are those that manage risk in a moving car. An audit trainer would be expected to point out situations in which a risk or hazard might arise to the PDI-ADI. However, direct intervention by the PDI-ADI to prevent a situation escalating may be needed. This very much depends on the simulated fault or faults from the audit trainer. If the response to risk from the PDI-ADI is disproportionate or none, the audit trainer is expected to provide the necessary input or support. Indications that all the elements of competency are in place could include the audit trainer intervening in a way that actively supports the PDI-ADI's learning process and safely during the training session, the audit trainer allowing the PDI-ADI to deal with situations appropriately, examples given on how and when to safely intervene, the audit trainer taking control of the situation when the PDI-ADI is clearly out of their depth. Indications of a lack of competence include the audit trainer ignoring a developing situation and leaving the PDI-ADI to flounder. The audit trainer taking control of a situation the PDI-ADI is clearly dealing with, with appropriately. The audit trainer constantly intervening when unnecessarily. The audit trainer intervening inappropriately and creating distractions. The audit trainer undermining the PDI-ADI's confidence. And reinforcing the audit trainer as the person who is the sole control of the lesson. Was the trainer aware of the surroundings and the trainee instructor's actions? With regard to this, there are five key parts and the question lies at the heart of the audit trainer's professional skill. The five key parts are taking all that is occurring around the vehicle, observe the actions of the PDI, ADI, including comments and body language, judge whether those actions are suitable in any given situation, feedback on behavior of the PDI, ADI in the car, respond accordingly. Any serious lapses in this area are likely to lead to a zero marking. Did the trainer ensure safe practices whilst in role managing the balance of risk and fault simulation. Any input from the audit trainer must be sufficient, timely and appropriate. It is important that they discuss with the PDI-ADI to take account of the ability of the pupil when giving directions and instructions. Directions given late or in a confusing or misleading way do not allow the PDI-ADI to respond and can make weaknesses worse. Too many unnecessary instructions from the audit trainer can both demotivate the PDI-ADI and create a real hazard. The level and timing of instructions and direction should be clear to the PDI-ADI. Remember, it is an offence to use a mobile phone whilst driving because this is known to create a level of risk equivalent to, or in some cases, greater than driving whilst drunk. It cannot therefore be good practice to constantly bombard the PDI-ADI with unnecessary questions. The level of fault simulation must not put the audit trainer, the PDI-ADI or any third party at risk at any time. Dangerous or potential dangerous faults should be avoided. There must be a clear link between the simulated fault and the learning goals of the PDI-ADI. Indications that all the elements of the competence are in place could include 
the audit trainer explaining how to deliver clear, concise directions, ensuring the PDI ADI understands what they plan to do and agrees with that plan, directions given at a suitable time so the PDI ADI can respond and repeat if necessary. The audit trainer role-playing consistently and appropriately. Fault simulation at a suitable location and level to help them achieve the learning goals. Indications of lack of competence include giving the directions too late, giving unnecessary directions, failing to recognize when the audit trainer's input is causing overload or confusion, inconsistent or unrealistic role play, and fault simulation needlessly increasing the risk. Did the trainer discuss the responsibility for risk and develop the trainee instructor in sharing this? The balance of responsibility between the PDI, ADI and the audit trainer. A pupil or audit trainer in role in the very early stages of training fitted with a car with dual controls. In this situation, it might be the responsible for the PDI, ADI to start a lesson by saying something like, at all times, I expect you to drive as carefully and responsibly as possible. I will expect you to be aware of other road users and to control the car. However, I do have the ability to take control of the car in an emergency, and I will only use these controls when I feel that you are not dealing with this situation yourself. If it happens, we will take some time to talk about what happened so that you understand for next time. However, such opening statements are not at all that is involved in this meeting the criteria. The audit trainer should be managing this process throughout the session. So, for example, if whilst enrolled as the pupil, they make some sort of mistake carrying out a manoeuvre, the PDI ADI should ideally find an opportunity to analyse that mistake with the pupil. Having achieved an understanding of what went wrong, they might then ask the pupil to try the manoeuvre again. At that point, they should provide the pupil with clear information about what is required of them. The audit trainer should ensure that the PDI ADI understands the risks and the options for sharing responsibility and controlling it. So for example, they might discuss how a PDI ADI could help the pupil such as full talk through or occasional prompt. Examples they might use, let's try that manoeuvre again. I will not say anything. Just try to remember what we have just been talking about. On the other hand, the PDI ADI may want to tackle it a bit, take it back a bit with a bit more control. And they might say, let's try that again. I will talk you through it this time just follow my instructions. What indicates lack of competence? The audit trainer failing to address the management of risk. The audit trainer giving incorrect guidance about the responsibility lies for the management of risk. The audit trainer failing to explain how and when the dual control should be used or even verbal intervention may be more appropriate. The audit trainer undermining the PDI ADI's commitment to being safe and responsible by agreeing with risky attitudes to alcohol use. The audit trainer might ask, may ask the PDI ADI to repeat the manoeuvre or carry out a particular exercise without making sure they understand what the role is and how it is expected of them, not prompting a shared responsibility to risk. What indicates all the elements of competence are in place? The audit trainer asking the PDI ADI what is meant by risk. The audit trainer encouraging the PDI ADI to ask the pupil what sorts of issues create risk, such as the use of alcohol or drugs. The PDI ADI explaining clearly what is expected of the pupil and what the PDI ADI can reasonably expect the audit trainer.
and the audit trainer confirming that the PDI ADI understands what is required of them when there is a change of plan or they are asked to repeat an exercise. Trainers management of risk. It is vital that all parties in any on-road training situation understand and are clear about where the responsibility lies for the safety of themselves, others in the vehicle and other road users. There are two aspects to the management of risk in any training situation. At all times, the audit trainer is responsible for their safety, the safety of the PDI ADI and the safety of other road users. Circumstances this can extend to taking physical control of the vehicle to manage a safety critical incident. If the audit trainer fails in this basic responsibility at any time, they will fail the audit inspection. From a training point of view, the audit trainer is also responsible for developing the PDI ADI's awareness of and their ability to manage risk and to ensure they understand that as a driver, the pupil also has responsibilities. This is the objective that is being assessed in this section. Where a PDI ADI fails to deal with a developing situation, the audit trainer should at the earliest opportunity encourage the PDI ADI to pull up on the left. Once safely parked, a discussion should take place as to how the situation should have been managed, along with suggested suitable questions. This should then be consolidated into practice. Was the training plan adapted to help the trainee instructor work towards their learning goals? The audit trainer should be willing and able to adapt if the PDI ADI appears to be uncomfortable or unable to deal with the learning experience that the audit trainer has set up. It suggests that it is not proving what they were looking for if the PDI ADI's inability is creating a possible risk situation. The audit trainer must adapt quickly. This might require a few extra questions to clarify what is the outline. It may be that the problem is because of the teaching and learning style being used by the audit trainer rather than because the overall plan is wrong. Whatever the reason for adapting the plan, the audit trainer must make sure that the PDI ADI understands what they are doing and why. The audit trainer's training session plan is one plan, however. If the PDI ADI's plan is also inappropriate, the audit trainer should use this as a learning opportunity. What indicates lack of competence? The audit trainer persisting with a plan despite the PDI ADI being clearly out of their depth. The audit trainer persisting with the plan despite the PDI ADI demonstrating faults or weaknesses that should lead to a rethink of the plan. The audit trainer changing the plan without reason. And the audit trainer failing to explain to the PDI ADI why the plan has been changed or needs to be changed based on the audit trainer's fault simulation. What indicates all the elements of the competence are in place? The audit trainer comparing the actual performance of the PDI ADI with their claims and clarifying any differences. The audit trainer responding to any faults or weaknesses that undermine the original plan for the session. The audit trainer responding to any concerns or issues raised by the PDI ADI and the audit trainer picking up on non-verbal signs of discomfort or confusion. Did the trainer choose suitable practice areas and did the trainee instructor develop those skills? The audit trainer should use an area or route that allows the PDI ADI to practice their ability to instruct safely and helps them achieve their goals. The area should provide some stretch and challenge, but without taking the PDI ADI out of their competency zone. Has the PDI ADI assisted the planning the appropriate area? And if not, why not? 
Indications that all the elements of competency are in place could include choosing a practice area route that provides a range of opportunities to address the agreed learning objectives, challenges but is realistic in terms of the PDI's, ADI's capabilities and confidence. Indications of lack of competence include that the audit training allowing the PDI ADI to take the pupil or audit trainer in role into an area that takes the pupil outside of their competency zone so that they spend all of their time surviving and have no space left to look at learning issues or exposing the pupil to risks they cannot manage. Was the session structured suited for the trainee instructor's level of ability? The training session structure should allow the PDI-ADI to progress at a manageable rate, stretching them without overwhelming them. For example, a pupil, possibly role-played by the audit trainer, who is concerned about entering roundabouts, should not be asked to tackle a fast-flowing, multi-lane, multi-exit junction as their first attempt. Neither should they be restricted to their required junctions unless the PDI-ADI identifies a potential risk issue that they want to check out first. If the risk is not identified by the PDI-ADI, the audit trainer should provide the necessary support and confirm learning has taken place by asking some suitable questions. If this does not occur, the examiner will have the evidence of lack of competence. What indicates lack of competence? The audit trainer delivering a pre-planned standard training session that doesn't take into account the PDI, ADI's expressed needs or concerns. The audit trainer failing to build in a suitable balance of practice and theory and the audit trainer failing to change the original plan to challenge the PDI-ADI. What indicates all elements of the competence are in place? The audit trainer ensuring the PDI-ADI understands what they plan to do and agrees with that plan. They are aware of how the original plan may need to be changed dependent on the performance of the pupil. A session that develops the PDI-ADI skill to reflect on the information given by the pupil or the audit trainer role-playing and learning goals they want to tackle. Building in opportunities for the PDI-ADI to check the statements made by the pupil or the audit trainer in role before moving to a more challenging situations. The audit trainer should make the best possible use of learning opportunities that arise during the session to challenge the PDI-ADI. And the audit trainer checking the PDI-ADI theoretical understanding. Did the trainer identify the trainee instructors, learning goals and needs. Usually this process will take place at the beginning of the training session. The trainee's workbook should be referred to as part of a recap. The PDI-ADI should be fully engaged in deciding the format and content of the training session. If the audit trainer has not worked with the PDI-ADI previously, you may decide to do an assessment of their ability to deliver a client-centered lesson. You also may lead by example and demonstrate the basic structure of a lesson training session. It is also important to remember that a better understanding of the PDI ADI's needs may emerge as a training session progresses. It follows that these criteria cannot be ticked off at the beginning of the training session and then forgotten. There is a close link between all 17 sub-competencies and that is why it is so important that the evidence recorded impacts on other aspects of the audit trainer's performance. As the examiner observes the training session, they will be looking for evidence that the elements which go to make up the level competence are being demonstrated in this case. 
The sorts of things that would give an indication of competence include the audit trainer encouraging the PDI ADI to say what they want from the training session, the audit trainer asking the PDI ADI questions to ensure or confirm the understanding, the audit trainer checking understanding as the training session progresses, the audit trainer listening to what the PDI ADI is saying and responding when necessary. The audit trainer taking note of body language or unacceptable behavior. If the audit trainer encourages the PDI ADI to say what they want from the training session, ask questions to check understanding at the beginning and as the training progresses, listens to what they are saying, picks up on any uncertainty, body language and unacceptable behavior, you are likely to get a free. If on the other hand, a trainer does all the listening bits, but fails to spot the PDI ADI getting very tense and nervous in a particular situation, they should probably get a two. They would have demonstrated their understanding of the need to listen, etc., but have not yet developed their ability to spot non-verbal clues. Indications of a lack of competence could include making assumptions about the PDI-ADI's understanding or experience, failing to note negative or concerned comments, unacceptable behavior or body language that shows discomfort, undermining the PDI-ADI's confidence by continually asking questions clearly beyond their knowledge or understanding, and pushing the PDI-ADI to address issues that they are not happy to talk about unless there is a clear need, such as identified risk or safety critical issue. Welcome to the audit training session with Kev Field and Neil Whiteman. Hi, I'm Kev Field. In this series of podcasts, we're going to talk through the 17 subcompetencies and why it is so important that the evidence recorded impacts on other aspects of audit trainers performance planning the purpose of all instructor training is to assess develop the pdi adi skill knowledge and understanding in relation to the comments of the national standards driver rider trainer guidelines research indicates that this is best achieved by placing a client at the center of the learning process Audit trainers should be working to understand where the PDI ADI is having difficulties and how they can help them develop sound basic teaching coaching skills. If the PDI ADI is not making the effort to understand, the audit trainer is not responding. They are not demonstrating the competency. I hope you enjoy these podcasts.